Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Watch the news hour last night with some of your reports on the number of hospitalizations from COVID in BC, also the number of deaths mm-hmm. from COVID. They're both on the rise. What's happening? Yeah, so while the daily case numbers are slowly going down on a seven-day average and the positivity rate uh, is going down a little bit, the number of people going into hospital is on the increase and has been for a number of weeks. And the number of people dying from COVID-19 is dramatically on the increase. So on the weekend in September 4th, uh, 21 people died of COVID-19. The weekend in, I think it was October 23rd, 50 people died of COVID-19. So that's more than double the figure. Uh, on some days, we were getting 12 and 13 deaths reported a day. Uh, the lion's share, most of them, are over the age of 70. Yeah. But in uh, between in the last few weeks, uh, the number of people in their 30s who died of COVID-19 uh, is 12. Uh, I think there's 25 people under the age of 50 who died of COVID-19. Now, most of these people are unvaccinated. The uh, stats show about uh, of hospitalizations, about 70% are unvaccinated people. 65% of the cases are unvaccinated. And about 60% of the deaths are unvaccinated. Okay, for, for people listening to those numbers and they're saying, whoa, wait a minute. So like 30, 40% of the deaths are people who are vaccinated? You know, like I get this all the time. I'm sure you do. You get emails saying, look at these people who got vaccinated and then they died anyway. The vaccine does not make you invincible. It's also not 100%. But some of these people dying in their 80s and 90s, they die with COVID-19 and they're classified as a COVID uh, case. It doesn't, uh, they may have uh, comorbidities, underlying health conditions. Uh, Again, vaccines, depending on where you're at with your healthcare, with your own personal healthcare, it's not an, it doesn't make you invincible, but it does yeah. make you less prone to get the disease, much less prone uh, to becoming severely ill or dying. The stats from the Center for Disease Control, you're 40 times more likely to get COVID-19 if you're not vaccinated. Well, if just, you get COVID-19, there's a great story in the Vancouver Sun today about some long haulers mm. and people who are, they get this disease. There's also another story about uh, lung transplants. There have been yes. a number of people who've had to have double lung transplants and we're not talking 80-year-olds. There are 30- and 40-year-olds who are getting this disease and having a huge, severe outcome. And uh, whether it's a lung transplant or whether you're a long hauler where you lose your, your sense of taste and smell, you have brain fog, you chronic fatigue, you can't, you're short of breath all the time, those don't show up in the daily statistics, but they're out there. Okay, let's listen to a clip here of uh, Health Minister Adrian Dix talking about uh, concerns on the level of hospitalizations in B.C. Let's have a listen. One of the reasons why we want to see a reduction in hospitalization in this period is because uh, the winter months where other respiratory illnesses are around are challenging months, as always, for the healthcare system. Okay, so that's an argument to keep getting vaccinated and get the flu shot too, I guess. So the healthcare system doesn't get overwhelmed, but it gets close to getting overwhelmed in normal times at about this time of year. This is the respiratory illness season. So in December of 2019, before the pandemic, we were at 103% capacity in our hospital beds. We're about, I think the last figure Dick's threw out was about 95%. So we're not there yet. 
COVID, though, is suddenly is an added on disease or virus that wasn't there before. And now it's suddenly out there. And it's, it's a significant one in terms of the number of people it affects and the number of people it puts in hospitals. So at a time when our hospital system usually gets stretched to the max because of the respiratory illness season, now you've got this added burden of hundreds of people, uh, about almost 300 a week, are going into hospital with COVID-19 that wasn't there before. It wasn't part of the December 2019 statistics. You right. had those 300 people a week onto those statistics. If we had that situation back then, it would be a crisis in the hospital. So that's what we're, uh, I think that's what everyone's worried about right now, particularly in the interior, which already is over capacity in terms of base beds. They've already got more people in a hosp- in those hospital beds than there are base beds. They've had to add what are called surge beds. They've We've had to fly almost 100 people, 99 people out of Northern Health now have been f- out of ICUs flowing down to Metro Vancouver, the capital region, and Kelowna. Um, because there's just not enough resources up there. Okay, something to watch closely as we get into the winter months here. Uh, it's interesting what's going on in Ontario, where Ontario's decided to back away now from a vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. And it's interesting the reason and the rationale they're giving for this. So have a listen to this. This is Ontario Health Minister Christine Elliott. We know that uh, in British Columbia, for example, they've had. Uh, to cancel some of their scheduled surgeries because they've got about 3,300 workers that uh, are out on leave now and uh, are being requested to have vaccinations. Okay, so they're looking at what's going on here and saying, well, we're not doing that. So BC was rescheduling surgeries well before the vaccine mandate kicked in. I mean, this has been going on for months. Um, but we must oh, be having more surgeries oh, there's, there's, canceled. Say, oh, yeah, for sure. And these are elective surgeries. They're not, they're not urgent surgeries. They're not cancer surgeries. Um, but that's the reality when you take 3,300 people. Now, these are not 3,300 doctors and nurses. Actually, the number's down to 3,100 now. Uh, that number will go down a little bit more, but that's because well, that's, people are getting the vaccine because they don't want to lose their job. I think a lot of them are. Yeah, yeah. we were at fifty five hundred and twelve uh, unvaccinated people in healthcare uh, two weeks ago. Now we're down to thirty one hundred. So wow. that shows you the impact. Twenty four hundred people have opted to get vaccinated, and that number yeah. will continue to go down. But the argument is, do you want Ontario is now about to let uh, roughly ten thousand unvaccinated people walk around hospitals and and uh, provide medical treatment? And again, the stats show if you're unvaccinated. You are going. You're a threat, and the thirty-three. It's interesting. More and more municipalities in um, in BC are having vaccine mandates. More and more police forces. So the vaccine mandates are growing in number. They're not shrinking. Ontario, Doug Ford, I think, is just a, a purely political move. He doesn't want to take the heat that would come with canceled surgery. Okay, but he risks COVID outbreaks in Ontario hospitals, though. We'll see what happens. Right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. You know, it's, again, this evolving situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, things are always changing. He's rolling the dice there, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, there. okay, so it's interesting and to Quebec's see doing the same thing. Yeah, Quebec is also yeah. declining on the on the mandate. Yep. And are they are they blaming BC too? Well, the nurse I haven't heard their not comments. Bl- the- not blaming, but I guess they're pointing to BC and look look what's going on there. Well, they had a real pushback from the nurses uh, in Quebec, and that was you know that was interesting that that many nurses were refusing to get uh, vaccinated. So I think uh, Quebec uh, changed its policy as well. Let me ask you about the old growth logging plan that came out from the BC government this week, and I uh, interviewed Susan Yurkovich this morning, mm-hmm. who's the president of the Council of Forest Industries, and they're they're mad as hell about this plan they say 18,000 jobs on the line here's what she had to say to me this morning for every million cubic meter uh, there are 1,800 jobs uh, supported and about 40 million dollars in government revenue generated so we took that number times 10 million cubic meters that's 18,000 jobs and 400 million 
uh, per year in lost revenue. Okay, so they're lo- they're worried about job loss. Uh, is the government feeling the heat on this? Do they anticipate well, this? Not yet, but uh, this is this is just the start of something. So this is a process that's going to unfold now. A lot of consultation. Uh, Susan, I think is you know I think that's the worst case scenario. Again, the key word here is defer. It doesn't mean permanent uh, stand down of no no harvesting. The First Nations is the key here. If there's a First Nations involved in logging. It's going to be up to them to decide whether to continue, and I'd be I'd be surprised if all of them are going to walk away. Okay, are you? An, I know you're an NFL fan. I'm a Packers a, fan. You're a Packers fan. Are you an Aaron Rodgers fan? Uh, not so be. much. Well, really? I, I'm disappointed to say the least with his sort of dodge on the vaccination uh, situation. Well, let's listen to that. So, Aaron Rodgers, quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, he was asked like some many weeks ago. Now, are you vaccinated? Now, listen closely to what he had to say here. Are you vaccinated, and what's your stance on, on vaccinations? Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and I made statements, owners who made statements. Um, you know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. Okay, so he's not going to judge guys who are not vaccinated. But then when he was asked, "Are you vaccinated?" He says, "Yeah, well, I'm immunized." It turns out he's not vaccinated. A homeopath treatment right. to increase antibodies. So what he he got no vaccine, so he's not playing this Sunday against the Chiefs. He probably because he play. now because now he's tested positive for COVID, yeah. and he probably won't play the following week against the Seahawks. Yeah. So Russell Wilson may be back. So this may be. Uh, Bit of a game changer for the Hawks. Unless he comes back. That could be a huge game if Russell Wilson comes back as the quarterback for the Seahawks and Aaron Rodgers comes back in that game potentially too. Because I believe his quarantine period would be up by that game. Well, it's unclear. There's, there's stuff out there um, from Sportsline, I think, and ESPN speculating that he may lose more than one game. Okay. Well, what do you think of his answer, though, there? I mean, I thought that was very kind of sneaky uh, yeah, very, answer. Very evasive and yeah. mis- misleading. Like, he, it leaves the impression, like, everybody heard that, and they thought, okay, er, oh, he got vaccinated. Okay, because he said, I'm immunized, he and he wasn't vac- vaccinated. He wasn't vaccinated. Again, it shows, you know, if you get vaccinated, you're likely not to get COVID-19. You go this route, you you open yourself up to getting the virus. But again, well, the Packers, he may wreck the Packers season because of this. Yeah, and they were having a good season. Seven and, and, seven and one, I think. Well, so. yeah, and this guy's supposed to be, you know, one of the great quarterbacks, one of the great leaders in football, and for him to give this sort of... I think deliberately evasive answer that he thought it would leave the impression that he's vaccinated when he wasn't. I just thought he's just he's such a weasel the way he answered that question. And he may face league discipline as a result of this. I mean, he exposed, he put himself in a situation, exposed his teammates. When everybody thought he was vaccinated individual, he wasn't for the entire season. I wouldn't be surprised if the league weighs in and suspends him. Well, I mean, why not just have the guts to say you're not vaccinated? I mean, there's no mandatory vaccination in the NFL. I mean, because if you're unvaccinated, you have to go through a protocol. You have to go through daily testing, mm-hmm. and you got to wear a mask and stuff. Well, why not just have the gym? If you're not going to get vaccinated, just yeah. be, just st- just stand up and say, I'm he's, not vaccinated, he, instead of giving this weasel answer. He's disappointing a lot of people. Yeah. All right, it's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls. James and Burnaby, hi. Hi. Um, I just had a question. If you guys had heard about the Contact Music Festival, it's going to be held at the BC Convention Center December 29th and 30th. And as of right now, what it says on their website is, because it's a rave with, you know, shoulder-to-shoulder crowds and stuff, and they're saying that if dancing, the restriction on dancing is lifted, 
they're going to run it. But if it's not lifted, they're going to cancel it. So I'm just curious if you guys think that it'll be lifted by December 29th and 30th. Because if it's winter and the COVID numbers are going up, that doesn't seem very smart. Yeah, well, it's, it's possible. But again, that's that's a ways off. And I've always said since day one, things are constantly changing. And again, the public health rules have changed significantly. And they change all the time. So maybe we're at the point of allowing dancing now. We're going. We're heading into respiratory illness season. So everyone, get your flu shot. I got my flu shot yesterday at the ledge. They had a clinic here. Um, but if we we're starting to see flu for the first time, we had no flu cases last year. Doctor Henry announced this week we're, we've already picked up our first influenza cases, right. and that number will grow. So that will be a factor to weigh in whether dancing's allowed or not. Dave and Kamloops, hi, Dave. Oh, hi. Um, my my question is regarding uh, the the vaccines uh, right now. So. Uh, a little while ago, uh, Bonnie was mentioning something that uh, if a person received uh, two Pfizer's for your first shot and your second shot, and uh, when you're getting your booster shot, they found that uh, getting the Moderna, as an example, gave better immune protection. So my question would be is if a person in their 80s had the opportunity to get a Moderna or a Pfizer, uh, would there, would, what choice would they have or could like what 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 is what is the recommendation now i know taking the, the, the recommendation is the best one so the view from public health is that the those two vaccines are both mrna vaccines and they're interchangeable they don't see any difference between the two despite what you may read out there but you're likely i think uh, if i recall dr henry's words we're i think we're purchasing more moderna and her reference was i think to two people two people who got two astrazeneca doses which is yeah. me uh, that they will be given Moderna or Pfizer as a booster um, uh, six months after their second shot. But if you got, let's say you got two Pfizer shots, would your booster, your third shot, also be a Pfizer? Not necessarily. Okay. They're viewed as interchangeable. It would be either Moderna or Pfizer. Okay. Mary and Burnaby. Hi, Mary. Oh, hi. Um, just uh, when he was talking about most of the people that are dying are in their 70s, my, uh, my guess is Over they seven. haven't had a booster. Okay, so uh, for me, I had my sh- my six months will be up next month, but I'm not 70. I'm 69. So I'm not able to get a booster. Are they working on six months or the age? Thanks for the call. Right now it's the age, but again, things are changing. Uh, we have to get through this um, particular uh, cohort of, of uh, in terms of ages. And that's a lot of people. But again, you're, you're going to get your booster. You're going to get your, your, your third shot uh, at some point, probably in early in the new year. Let's go to uh, Joe in Surrey. Hey, Joe. Uh, hey, Mike. Uh, Keith, how you guys doing? Good. I just wanted to say, uh, Keith, I've been a long time fan of you, but uh, your narrative that you keep on pushing for an individual that's unvaccinated, let's look back about six months when the New York Yankees had nine players who were double vaccinated and still caught COVID. Okay, thanks for the call. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so uh, if you're double vaccinated, you can still get COVID. Again, it's not 100%, uh, but again, then you start drilling down and looking at the the situation of people who are double-dosed. It's by and large older people and people with underlying health conditions. In the the ICU, for example, yesterday, I think there was 137, 116 unvaccinated. 
I think we're, there were nine with one dose, and I think the rest were double dose. Uh, again, it doesn't prevent you from getting COVID, but it greatly lessens your chances of getting COVID, and it greatly lessens your chance of a more severe outcome of getting COVID, and that includes being in the ICU and dying. 